Hello and welcome to a new episode of DevSecOps Talks. Hello, my friends. How are you today? Good, and you? I'm fine, I'm fine. Still having snow here in Sweden. Andre, how's Gran Canaria? Uh, no snow. No. no snow. But we did have a Kalima. It's like, have nothing to do with the Indian thing. Yeah. And uh, it's basically when the winds from Africa is blowing towards us, yeah. we're getting a lot of uh, sand in the air. So it's like, it's hazy outside. Oh. Like for instance, uh, last year in January, we had uh, super crazy days where like you have to wear the mask and you cannot yeah. see anything. You go outside, you cannot see anything. And on the north of the island, it usually doesn't happen. It's more like in the south of the island. They even have dunes. Uh, it's all the sound that we got blown from Africa. Ah. And uh, yeah, so the couple of days we had that. So you just, I mean, the people who are sensitive to the respiratory yeah. diseases and stuff like that, they, they feel it. I don't really, but you start to feel like, for instance, if you go for a run, it's like a bit harder. Oh. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm going to wait for a run until the snow is gone here. I think it's maybe a couple of weeks more. So, working on stuff since the last episode. I can start this time. Uh, logs. I've been working with logs. Sometimes I feel like uh, I will always work on cleaning logs. Mm. I, don't, I don't know why. But but, but now I, I have uh, Elasticsearch, so I want to have like the lifetime management on logs like different days and then they move to cold state and stuff. Uh, and it was, it was hard to get it working. It was really complicated to, to get that working. I used like a plugin and I used uh, Elastic Dynamic and it works. I have to go back. So it was a lot of feeling. But like Wednesday evening at 9 o'clock, I finally got it working now. So now I can... I can add an annotation to my pods or my deployments saying like 90 days and then it goes through the pipeline and then I apply the in Elasticsearch the correct lifetime management on it. So it's going to be live for like 90 days. So I can go like third days and then go four days. So finally, it's working. I don't know how many hours I spent on that, but, but yeah. Now it's I, I, read, I read your blog post this morning. Ah, that was that. the one. That was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not that good a writer, but when I spend so much time fiddling with this, like trial and error, it's I thought I was gonna uh, add it as well. So I have very have strong. You... Op- yeah, what? I have very strong opinion about logs. I I think it's a uh, yeah. Anyway, this is a topic for another episode. Yeah, we will have that when we can tell you feelings about it. So, Andre, what have you been doing except reading my blog post about blogs? Oh, so well, feels like I'm, um, I'm all my life is spent in front of computer lately. Just you know, not living it. But uh, yeah, on a positive note, I got a chance to to revisit my work on streaming uh, Kubernetes events to Slack. So, like a couple of years ago, I wrote a streamer and uh, it kind of worked, but uh, lately I actually got to update it. So I've updated the SDK to support uh, better versions of uh, uh, of the uh, newer version of Kubernetes. I also looked in a couple of forks and, uh, and uh, one person from Stockholm, Venlan, 
with whom we worked back in Ericsson. He actually uh, did a fork and implemented a few clever things that I I think I missed and they were like greatly appreciated when I incorporated stuff he did from his fork back to my stuff. So like I, I, I deployed it to people who use it and they thought, yeah, that was much better. He actually also added the uh, saving to cloud uh, watch logs, but I haven't done that yet. Not sure we'll do it at all. So, but I will post a link. If anyone need, needs to stream Kubernetes events to Slack, that's a good thing to start. And the reason why you want to do it is it gives you idea of what's going on wrong in your cluster. Yeah. I mean, like it's always useful to watch for errors in the system because if something gets misconfigured, for instance, you might have some uh, persistent volume claim failing, yeah. and it's also hard to spot. Yeah. But then you will see that, and it, it really helps. So I definitely do recommend it. Slack might not be the best medium for the big clusters because there will be like tons of events. But if you have a small to medium system, this is a really good solution to get started very quickly. You basically just deploy a container. And I have uh, I have an example deployment YAML file there. Also, I have like an example Terraform that you can use to deploy. So we'll be putting the link to the repository to the show notes if anyone interested. Cool. Yeah. How about you, Julian? So lately I've been looking into storage um, and passing interviews. But let's focus on storage because it's. Uh, I, I noticed that it's... It's not a simple uh, problem. Like it, it, it sounds easy, and I feel I've been spoiled by the cloud and all the you know high availability of storage. But when you look at the hardware and how to manage redundancy in your on-premise cluster, it's not uh, trivial to get something working and performant. I think there is a lot of uh, to learn there, and the reason I started to look into storage is. Uh, mainly as well for, I, I noticed there is a lot of data breaches lately. So basically the, the database gets uh, hacked and the data gets stolen and are sold either back to the company because of ransomware or whatnot, or they are leaked onto the, the black market and marketing company buy those data and hammer you with spam and other hacker just use your data to create phishing emails. That's, that looks actually quite real. And for security purposes, this is a nightmare. And so the, the, I would like to, us to spend the, this episode talking about data breaches, like what to do um, when your company uh, data gets hacked um, or your, your personal data gets leaked, how to protect yourself. So... I don't know. Do you have any uh, thought on that? I, I would like uh, I would like also to point out that this topic comes along with a question we got from one of the listeners who asked about how do we protect ourselves when it comes to setting up our workplace and dealing with uh, company or client data. So yeah, yeah. So. Uh... Yeah, it's hard. I mean, what is like 
the first I would say is like uh, protect your uh, your account like two factor hands up if you use two factor right password managers but you know what like it's uh, when it comes to security for instance you have a company security you have to do a yeah. uh, risk analysis sense you can protect everything mm. so there are like a crown jewels that you want to protect yeah. and there are like a places if someone gets in it's yeah. not a big of the deal the damage won't be that hard yeah. so and before discussing ways to protect we have to understand what you are protecting from and what are the bad things that might happen right yeah but it's also like two parts i mean i can protect my account but if the company gets hacked and, and they steal my data it's there, is, there are things you could do about that, actually. Yeah. So, um, one thing is that, well, let's see what hap- what's going on right now. So, the big thing is um, phishing. So, there are people who are after your card data, so they could steal your credit card and then cash it out. Yeah. There are also phishing that leads to ransomware. It's uh, happening less nowadays, with uh, with uh, individuals, because uh, ransomware gangs they realized that they could get much more if they would uh, sophisticatedly attack the company because company might have even a cyber insurance, and then they say ah whatever like the insurance pays that. Yeah. So I would say like phishing, uh, credential stealing, ransomware. So those things to protect yourself. And like when it comes to ransomware, it boils down to your disaster recovery. How do you yeah. plan for disaster recovery of your... Let's, let's focus for, for the time being, because like we want to fit it in in the 30 minutes, but let's yeah. focus on our personal data. How do we protect ourselves personally? And we can do another podcast about the companies. Well, it's really hard to protect yourself, especially like uh, if, uh, for instance, let's say you order something, you, you need to put your, your real mail address, uh, otherwise you don't get the package. Uh, what to do when this gets, uh, when the company you give your address to gets hacked? It's, it's really hard to, to protect yourself fully, but you can uh, at least um, mitigate those risks. When it comes to physical address, it's hard, but when it comes to email, it becomes easier. You have services... Yeah. That allows you to to generate a, 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 a tailored email that is a random uh, yeah. a random email that you can give only to that service, and all the emails to that service will be forwarded to your real email, yeah. uh, which which is a nice way to do. I cannot recommend any good service for that. I don't know if you know if you know any. Um, I actually have a, like a do-it-yourself solution, so. Most of the services, they provide uh, catch-all filters, which means that, uh, for instance, you, like if, especially like when you set up your own domain, like mm-hmm. with the Gmail, that would, wouldn't work. Oh, but if yeah. you use Gmail for business, so it's like your own domain, uh, I believe paying for your email server actually makes sense because imagine you yeah. use one email address to log into everything and then it's gone because it was a free service, you're in a deep trouble. So it, it's I'm not recommending running your own mail server because that's hard, but p- 
paying for that makes sense. And also understanding the monetization model of the companies that provide it. So there are like companies like ProtonMail and Tutanota. So I would suggest picking up one of those and uh, using them. So for instance, uh, then you could have your own domain and set up a catch-all filter, which means that whatever you said before at your domain will anyway end up in your email. So you could send to any email, basically. And uh, in this case, you can just come up with a random e emails for every service that you're registering. And if that one gets breached, you know at least who leaked it, right? You know where the breach happened because the email will come to that to that generated uh, address, and then you can also block it automatically. So you can change that email, and you can block it in the filter. So just start to discard everything that comes from this one. And that gives you a lot of freedom. It's the same, I would say, comes. That's but like uh, Julian is right. Like one piece that you always leave is your email. So like you randomize it as much as possible. Because another thing that people do, they get your email, and then they start trying all the services to see if it's matching there and if they yeah. can guess a password there. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you're using a random email for every uh, every every service, then it's really hard to hack other services because and also guess your real email, right? You never give real uh, e email to anyone where everything gets forwarded to, yeah. because this one like it's harder to protect and people will try to pound that one. Yeah. So then, like obviously, you you use a password manager, so you get a random password for every each service you register. Plus MFA, it, it might be one-time passwords or YubiKey, like the hardware-based. Yeah. If 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 if, uh, if the service allows, uh, Julian is now showing a video. It's all you cannot see it, yeah. but yeah, he he, he, he <laughs> got a security I, I... key. I, re I really like uh, YubiKey. The only problem is that some services don't like you can you you cannot always use YubiKey on your phone. Yeah. So let's say you 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 set up YubiKey, you still have to use the two factors. So you have to set up both. And also, yeah. please, when you set up a YubiKey, always buy two because you need yes. to set up both. Otherwise, if you lose it, you are screwed. There is no ah. way to to find it back or to cancel unless you you already have access to that service. You, 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 quite often, you can write uh, to the to the customer service. They can they can fix it for you. Uh, yeah, they can. Yeah. Like so, even in Amazon, vector, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's another vector. Like in Amazon, you you can use like a hardware key, but then you go to support and ah. So, uh, answer yeah, a few uh, simple questions and uh, I, it's removed. I, I was, I was complaining a lot because I, I tried to uh, delete my account to a service I was not using anymore. Yeah. And the amount of back and forth and question and paper that I needed to scan just to cancel my account was insane. And, and so, oh. but now I understand that if they don't do that, somebody could very well spoof my identity and say, hey, I lose my account. I don't know. And, and the, the support service would just reset my password to you know, give, give them access to all my, my data and my account. And so th there are many services that I, I, I would say that look into it. So for instance, I know that Revolut uh, allows you to generate a one-time uh, payment card that yeah. you only limit to, a, yeah. to, to that one. So your, your credit card won't be leaked onto the, the internet. 
So that's one way. For phone, I use Twilio uh, to mm -hmm. get a phone number. So the phone number, the, the SMS that I got uh, comes through that number. The problem mm -hmm. is that, well, you know, the, the cost add up to everything. You, you need a proxy um, that will, that may or may not, you know, use your data in an efficient way. You know, because I, I don't know, maybe Twilio read my message or you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it, it's uh, it's not as straightforward. So there is a big trade-off between protecting yourself and privacy uh, if using a, a third party. So it, it's it's not very straightforward. But at least I got we got email, we got credit card, we got a phone number that we can actually protect ourselves. I don't know. What yeah, you could you, you 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 could also use like a PayPal. Basically, something that hides your credit card or generates your yeah. some uh, gibberish credit card that yeah. you, you are not afraid of losing. Yeah. And uh, another thing is, uh, you know, trust no one. So there is, a, as Julian said, yeah, there is a storage is hard, and that's why there are abundance of the companies who are willing to offer you free or very cheap online storage. But uh, putting things there puts you in risk, right? So because if that yeah. gets hacked, people see your data. And uh, then what you could do is you could use encrypted containers. So for instance, I do use online services as a backup, but the data I put in there, it's like all in VeraCrypt containers. Yeah. Mm. So I already store online pre-encrypted pre data. So if something gets hacked, well, they can get my encrypted containers, but at least that protects me from opportunistic attacks. And mm -hmm. if someone really serious with a lot of resources is after me, I'm screwed anyway. So yeah. you cannot protect yeah, they, from that. It's always a trade-off. You you, yeah. you you should not go crazy, otherwise you're going to end up in the forest with a tinfoil hat and uh, yeah. you know no, no uh, electricity uh, uh, and, and running water. That That's very secure. Not very convenient, yeah. though, if you're living into this society. So um, I'm going to tell you something now. I don't know if you know it, but we will see. But first things first, like for for ransomware, it's right. They always encrypt your data, right? Your live data. So I think oh. the best solution is like to have a backup. Yeah. I've been on conference when they say like, oh, we will take care of your ransomware and hunt down the people that encrypt your data. It's like, well, this is going to cost a lot of money getting security mm -hmm. consultant in to like hunt down the people to find the key. How about just make a get the extra son and just back up your data, right? That's I think the best approach for protecting yourself from ransomware. Uh, the other thing is like keys. I use also like password manager is a must these days. I, I just look up. I have five hundred and fifty nine passwords in my password manager. I use it for everything. You generate random password for everything, right? and two-factor as much as possible. And then, this is a hack. I don't know if you know it, but in I used Gmail, and I set up my Gmail account for everything, right? That's my main account, and I put all my account there. But in Gmail, you can add a plus sign yeah. and then something yeah. else. So you type in my Gmail address, a plus sign, and then the name of the service, like Syncast we're using now for record. And then... Uh, they send an email and I, re I receive it, but then I know which service will send yeah, the email. It's kind of the same thing as uh, yeah. with your own domain, but in that way, 
it's quite easy to understand what's your real email address. And yeah, it is, some... it is. I can use, use something else and use it forward as well. Plus, but yeah, uh, plus the pattern is clear, right? So yeah. I'm usually go, like when I generate those random, I would like have like a service name, then I go to random.org and generate a random string of 10 oh, samples. Okay, okay. <laughs> so like, if, even if you see my pattern, well, try try guessing those 10. So I, I have a uh, about email that is yeah. um, that really break that model is OAuth. So let's say like you go yeah. you go to GitHub and you go to a third party service that use authenticate. Uh, yeah, just don't don't do don't do, don't do that. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. OAuth, no, it's don't, like don't use Facebook. Don't no, don't use Google to log in because they like snoop on you all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you have a chance to register with email, use email. Yes, uh, definitely. That's a Use good a point. Password manager and uh, and definitely protect yourself. But okay, th this is for personal uh, yeah. protection. And I realize well, that there is actually like a sign in with Apple, right? So like Apple now offers you a sign in yes. with all. Like if you're like an Apple ecosystem, like and you trust Apple um, a lot, then you probably can use that one. But then you also have to think about like a disaster recovery. What what yeah. happens if you have to leave the Apple? What happens if I don't know if they get like a Trump point two who says like no more American services for non-Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like or some some bullshit like that. So I mean it happens. Yeah. Like if yeah. you if you happen to live in a country which is under sanction or restrictions, that yeah. might happen to you. Like the yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you you shouldn't take anything for granted and you should think about how you how how would you go about, you know fixing your life if something is not available. Like for instance, one password that I'm using, actually like backing up it quarterly. So like just getting stuff out into the encrypted container because I do not exclude possibility that one password might go down one day and I need yeah. those, or like I lose a laptop or something and I need to recover. Something happens, right? I need to, I need yeah. to think how to recover. And those like the key services that we trust and you have to do this mental exercise with yourself. What are you going to do if not if it's not longer available? Like if if it's not longer available suddenly, I'm not prepared. I haven't migrated anywhere. It's very unlikely, but time to time it's good to make this gymnastic so you are actually prepared for things to come. Yeah, but then it's hard. I mean, when you're in, when your information gets leaked, right? You pass your email address and your phone number. You get a ton of emails and you get phone calls and stuff, and it's not really much you can do that if you, I mean, if it's your correct email, I mean, you can try to set up filters, but uh, it's just gonna keeps coming and phone calls. I think I mean right now because I get a lot of phone calls from some UK number, but I mean it's just like you see the number, then you have to block it. It's, it's, it's... So it's also through caller. Right, so a true caller has a database of spammers that can block yeah. them automatically. Plus, I, I simply don't pick up from the numbers I don't know. So I have like a setting in a iPhone, just like yeah. discard the call calls that are not in a in my uh, access book, and, and then I would like usually just look up at the true caller who called yeah, me, yeah, yeah. and I might call back. Yeah. Or if someone is very persistently calling and the true caller is not identifying, then I might set, add that number to the to yeah. the contacts, yeah. see what it is, let them call, pick it up, answer, and then delete it if it's for yeah. something that yeah. Yeah. I don't want to deal again with. So, 
I had that also before that if someone called me was in my phone book, I hang up and send back like a text like, oh, you called me. Send a text back or email me here and then I, we can mm-hmm. chat. But, but, yeah, here is my real email. Email all your guts. Send it here. Tell your friends. Um. You, you know, talking about data breach, I, I was um, I was not directly involved into one, but I, I've seen a few, notably like ransomware uh, in 2017. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, we had backups. That was not fun because they they were asking for Bitcoin or something, and uh, yeah, yeah not, not not a small amount. Um, uh, but in uh, 2019, I was part of a data breach that involves a developer laptop that gets stolen. And uh, I don't know how they some, somehow managed to get access to the email of the mm. person. Th- they reset all his password, get access to the shared drive uh, of the company, stole all the data. Like, yeah. And, you know, it, it, thankfully, they had quite good uh, segregation of, um, you know, which uh, department can access what. So they didn't get any financials data because they, this is... A huge, huge uh, dump in the stock. The company go, can go bankrupt for that. Yeah. Um, mm. And basically, after that, they only implemented, you know, rotating the secret. Like everyone has to uh, re-authenticate every day for that. Or at least you have a 24-hour window ah. so that you, because uh, for real, like uh, I, I leave my mailbox open, uh, and it's probably like once a week that I, I, I just close it during the weekend or something and, yeah, and, yeah. and reopen it on Monday. And sometimes I have to re-authenticate. And I think that th- this is a feature uh, that should be enforced. It's painful because, yeah, okay, but if you, if you get into the habit that, okay, I log in to all my services, then it, it, for a company, it's, it might be hard at the beginning to set up, but in the long run, it can s- really save the, the whole company. Yeah. So it's a uh, it, it, security and usability don't always go hand in hand, yeah. but sometimes. No. It... I think that will be a, like a big startup idea. Like if you can combine that, you can make a lot of money. Yeah, here is a, a story from from the trenches. There were uh, I worked at a company, and uh, there were one user who got uh, hacked. He was a victim for a phishing campaign. So uh, the the hacker then. Uh, know these people access and then they know where he lived so like they can plan it and they did know that this person then uh, it, it was the morning or something so they changed his password meaning they locked him out from his account right he couldn't get access to it mm. but they have access to it and then they start sending phishing email from his account right so when people are responding right he didn't have access so yeah. he couldn't reply to them and he was stuck trying to get his account open with, like, support desk. And in the meantime, they can just hammer out, right? Yeah, what well, yeah uh, so, like, if you're getting something suspicious from someone you know, it's yeah. better to use a separate channel to ask people, like, phone call, exactly. SMS, yeah, yeah. maybe social media messenger. Just like, did you send it to me? Yeah. Especially, like, if there is some urgency involved, like... Yeah. Just reach them out, reach to them using some different channel. Even like if it comes, if it looks like that it comes from your boss, right? 
Yeah. Like here's some PDF open it or like this some report. Take a look at that. Like, yeah, it'd be, be a little bit careful. Like actually what nice is that like in some companies, the email becoming like obsolete thing of the past. So like yeah. there are much more communication going on in Slack, which is harder to get to. Yeah. Theoretically. I mean you have the same as protect like as for email server, like you have login password and two FA, but you don't have exposure to outside world. So it's exactly. like it's enclosed within the organization. Yeah, yeah. But still, you might get someone hacked, someone's endpoint hacked, and then they get access to like the phone, for instance. Uh, the, the funny story about, uh, you know, the t- Twitter Slack that got hacked. Yeah, they yeah, it, yeah, uh, yeah. Two-factor yeah. of... Uh, all the celebrity and asking, yeah, if you send me Bitcoin to this address, you will get, I will send you back double. And they yeah. actually made a hundred, uh, I don't know, two, $200,000 that way. They got caught like almost immediately because they, they, they basically uh, spoofed the identity of a celebrity. Yeah, but the problem was that a lot of secrets got shared in the Slack and like, don't do that. Like if, if, even if, like if you, if you put a secret to Slack, yeah. consider that compromised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to re- rotate it straight away. So, or like you know, use one password or, or uh, password manager to share that. Use like Pastebin or some. I don't know. Well, Pastebin yeah. maybe not the best thing. <laughs> but like for instance, <laughs> Walls. <laughs> I was like, Walls gives you like uh, encryption as a service. Yeah. Right. So use that one. Like encrypted, send it to person. The person can decrypt it. Yeah. So, something like that, but. Don't expose it publicly. And if you did expose, just rotate it. And yeah. Twitter got hacked exactly because of that. They shared secrets in Slack. And one thing, like last thing I wanted to mention is, you know, your hygiene with your with your communication devices. Yeah. Like first of all, like don't install junk there. But that's I think it's goes without saying it, but yeah. just in case. And uh, like for instance, with my laptop, I I have a uh, virtual machines for pretty much all work I do. So like for every customer, I have a separate virtual machine. Customer is gone, I just delete the virtual machine, and every virtual machine is encrypted. So I become encrypted virtual machine. If if I if something happens to my laptop, if someone breaks into my laptop, all the customer stuff is encrypted by default because it's in a virtual machine, so I'm not risking much. Plus, I'm I'm always trying to use default, so I have like a list of software I install on the Mac every time I get new one. It's not very long, and also like all my stuff is in a very crypt containers that sit in a iCloud drive. So like when I get into the new Mac, I already have most of the stuff I need. I basically need to install like one password, few other things, and I'm ready to roll. And uh, then like get my uh, get my encrypted machines from S3. Yeah. So. Done, done, and uh, that's why I actually have a routine of like resetting the system. So, like when I'm getting a new laptop, I just do it from scratch. Time to time, I will just wipe the laptop and get everything clean, making sure like there is there are no leftovers. So, like you know, cleaning the downloads. I'm actually considering uh, writing a script that would weekly remove everything from the downloads because that's like a very sensitive thing, like you will download yeah. some documents there and then they live there forever. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. if someone gets to your laptop, I would first go to download <laughs> folder because this is where the stuff is. Yeah, and yeah. then your home directory, like all the dot, uh, like the SSH keys. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have SSH keys eh, if you go and check. 
And then like I use AWS Vault for the with uh, AWS SSO for credentials. Like I basically don't have any unencrypted credentials on my laptop laying around. So like even if someone gets access to it, it's you need some more to get rolling with that. Cool. Anything else you want to add, or do you have any last words? Last, last, la- last, last, last thing. Yeah. Last, 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 last test. So, and if your laptop gets stolen, I mean, set up, find my Mac so you can wipe it. Yeah. yeah. Just, just do, do it. I like for your phone and for your for your Mac or whatever you use. I'm not sure how you would do that on Linux, so but this Mac is possible. Encrypt, encrypt your hard drive. Encrypt your hard drive. Hmm. I think it goes without saying. You just have yeah. to do that, like just without yeah. thinking. Like, yeah. If you okay. if you see a checkbox anywhere that says encryption, like yes, click it. Oh, click always it. click it. Click it. Yeah. Oh, like I, I tell you, last the, the last thing, like the last yeah, last yeah. last one. But that's what, what very mean about yeah. phishing emails. Yeah. So, like, imagine like you're getting all this, uh, like some some random junk that looks like you subscribed somewhere. And they make you click it by putting malicious link in the unsubscribe button. And this is so malicious because oh. you're gonna you're gonna click that one. Oh <laughs> they're getting so smart. Yeah. I I, I really like the, the old one when they have like, is your credit card stolen? Type in your credit card number here to check if the, your card is stolen or not. I, I love that one. That's like the, the best. The best. <laughs> it's so good. No, it's clean, right? It hasn't been stolen. Like, and this is great. This is great. Oh, you forgot to put your, like, you know, the expiration date on CVB. That's <laughs> we can validate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that as well. I will say, like, oh. encry- encrypt your laptop. Don't assume that you're going to have it in your hand all the time. Someone gets stolen. Yeah. They, they should not be able to access your data, right? Yeah, and like you know, the stuff is credit card goes the same way as with your account. Yeah, like, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't, don't don't check if your account got stolen on some random website by typing your no, credentials. No, no, there. No, don't, don't trust online services with that. That will help you, right? It's not going to work. Uh, Two factor, right? That's good. I was saying, and don't install it, Julian. Do you have any last tips, ideas? I, how how I, do you protect I, yourself now? Well, for I, I just like to read a tweet that I, I saw that really summarizes uh, how to go about protecting yourself, yeah. and it goes this way: If you're collecting personal data, how should I protect this? Is actually the third question. Should I collect collect this? Is the only is only the second question. The first question is: What would the worst pers- people do if they got hold of this? Yeah. So it's really in that in that order that you should first ask yeah. what is yeah. that, what are the consequences if I store this and get stolen yeah. and and uh-huh. go from there and you will realize that actually you don't care so much about storing stuff like a lot of those things are are not necessary yeah. and, yeah. and and that will definitely reduce the attack vector on your person so stay safe out there yeah. Okay, and with those wise words from Julian, I will say thank you for listening. And stay tuned for more episodes on devsecops.fm. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias, Andre, and Julian. For more podcasts and notes, go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.